0: Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. On this episode, you'll get to hear the inspiring story of Jim Sally, a personal trainer and accomplished runner. Jim was born with a severe vision impairment, but has never let anyone else tell him what he can't do. Jim has run over 20 marathons and half marathons, and is an active cyclist. At almost 55 years old, he decided to switch careers to pursue his passion of helping others and now works for me as a personal trainer. Jim lives out the no excuses mantra on a daily basis and is living proof that if you want something in life, you have to put in the work to make it happen. I've had the pleasure of knowing Jim for several years now and I'm so glad to have the chance to introduce you all to him now. So I'm here with Jim Sally. Jim is a certified personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And I met Jim, I guess Jim, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago that you were in uh, Methods of Strength Conditioning with me. Mm -hmm. And then you were in my Essentials of Personal Training class. You got certified as a trainer. You did an internship with me. And then I hired you as a trainer. And then you've been a trainer now for over a year, right? year and a half. Yeah, okay. So in that time, I've gotten to hear most of your story. I'm sure there's parts. Hopefully, I'll hear new parts today because it definitely is interesting. Um, But I heard your story coming into all of this and uh, as I've been doing interviews I realized just like how inspiring your story is but also um, inspiring and motivating to people um, because of several different facets with the things that you've had to work through but also changing careers later in life than most people think. People think they get stuck in certain situations and you definitely haven't gotten stuck, and you do something that you, I think you enjoy your job. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. yeah. So yeah. you're in a position now where you are enjoying doing something, and you're pursuing your passions. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about each of one of those things that you've that you've gone through that's gotten to where you are at now. So let's start with a little bit of the Jim Sally official bio. Let's start with childhood.
1: Okay. Um, I think the first thing I need to mention is the fact that I was born with a severe vision impairment that uh, basically caused my optic nerve to be underdeveloped at birth and then by age 11 or 12 I lost the vision in my left eye due to a cataract developing on it so as a kid uh, growing up in the 60s and 70s it was quite a challenge because the public school system really didn't want me there and my parents fought hard to keep me in public school. Wow. So that was, that was a difficulty. And then on top of that, you know, dealing with uh, peers of my age, you know, dealing with uh, disability, mm-hmm and the harassment and getting picked on every day and beat up on occasion i mean so that those were those were the difficult parts of my childhood but the one thing that i have to say is that my parents never said you can't do anything they never said you can't go out and play baseball you can't go out and play football they never stopped me from doing any of the things i wanted to do so that part of my childhood was like everybody else's okay i that's was awesome. in the backyard jumping ramps with my bicycle yeah. all kinds of stuff so that was never an issue so that that's pretty much my childhood was pretty good other than the fact of dealing with the vision issue as a kid yeah and getting picked on you
0: Yeah. Know. i mean because I, I, I from what i've heard before i remember you talking about you know other kids around you but i i guess i didn't really put together it back in the 70s with With being a child with with a disability like that in a public school, I didn't realize that there was something that they wished that you had done. Been either what they wanted you in private school. Well, they they
1: actually sent me and my parents down to a place in Baltimore to check out before I went into into school, and it was basically a, a facility that housed people that had disabilities of all kinds. Okay, and I think personally, them fighting to keep me in public school probably gave me the avenue to be so well adapted to oh, yeah. the world around me.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so. Jeez.
0: so can you explain to us what your current vision is like so everybody gets an idea of what you see on a daily sure. basis? Um, up till
1: 2013, well, back when I turned 40, 40, 41, they found a cataract developing on my right eye. Well, due to the fact that I only had vision in one eye, they refused to touch the right eye okay and wouldn't remove the cataract and then in 2013 I had asked my regular eye doctor if he had any recommendations because the cataract was really getting bad and started to impair my vision to the point where I didn't think I'd be able to ride or run safely outside so he had referred me to John Hopkins and I went down and saw one of the leading specialists in the country and he did a bunch of tests and said we're gonna do the surgery and kind of shocked me because I, I wasn't prepared for him to even say that yeah and they did the surgery and moved the cat remove the cataract and in the process because of the time that it took for him to remove the cataract normally they would install insert a, a, um, a new lens okay a man-made lens that would have improved my vision, or at least he thought it would. Yeah. And he didn't have the time, and he didn't think that it would be safe to insert that lens. Gotcha. So he didn't. So he decided that after the fact... And he said, after the fact, after running some tests, he said, I'm glad I didn't put that lens in because your vision is far better than I ever would have imagined. And if I had put that lens in, I would have had to go back in and take it out or replace it with a different one. He said, if we have to put a lens in somewhere down the road, we can do that. He said, but right now, we're going to leave it the way it is because your vision is pretty good. Right now, my vision's, I think, corrected 2300. So that gives you an idea. You know, people's are... Most people are 20, 20, 20, yeah. 30, 20, 40. Mine, correct, is
0: 2,300. Gotcha. So. Now, because this was something I didn't notice at first whenever we were taking, when you took that first course with me um, until you would, actually, it was that first day that you said something to me about it, and then uh, – now that you've been working here for so long, there are members at the gym who have no, no clue, no idea, because you are so, just like you said earlier, I think you, you going to public school made you so much better at, at navigating things that you navigate things on a daily basis that, that makes it so people have no idea what, you, what your vision is like. <laughs> um, and you, I mean, you do, I've seen you do this firsthand. You, you know how to use technology to make it work. You have very good people skills. You have good communication skills. Uh, you, you problem solve re- really well. So this all, re- all together has you doing your job excellently, which I think is a testament to your work ethic. So can you explain where, where that work ethic comes from?
1: That's funny. When, when I read that question, I'm like, I was wondering, you know, did it come from my childhood and watching my dad work every day and hardly ever took? I don't know if I ever remember as a kid my dad taking a day off from being sick. What did he, he do? He was well. Initially, he was a he was an electrician. Okay. Um, and then he became uh, the director of operations at a nursing home down in Baltimore, where he was at for 25 to 30 years.
0: Gotcha.
1: And hardly ever missed work. That where he was sick. I yeah. mean, he always went to work. Okay. And I thought about that, and I'm like, well, that's not really what I, I can attribute it to because when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was like. You know, I'd call in, call out from work and stuff on (laughs) Mondays and Fridays and stuff because of going out on the weekends. And I think what developed that work ethic was when I started studying the martial arts in 1991. Okay. I think that gave me the discipline not only to change my approach to my job, but also to having the the courage to go back to school at age thirty seven to get my associate's degree initially yep. and then on to get my bachelor's degree in business administration. And I attribute that probably more so to the martial arts than wow. anything else. That's
0: awesome. So, yeah. so it was something that you found later in life then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's something that always interests me. Even as a kid, yeah. I, I,
0: I was a big martial arts fan, but never never really studied it so you yeah. just decided to in 91 yeah wow so that's kind of yep. what I want to talk about next is is your career path so in your 20s probably up to your 40s what was your, your different careers that you had during that time Okay,
1: when I started working I started working at initially I was working at a stair manufacturer in Tonytown where I grew up okay. and then In 1981, I think it was, I went to work as a laborer for a builder down in Centerville, Virginia. And I worked for them for, I don't know, I don't even know if I was with them for a year before they promoted me to a position of ordering and watching over the materials for the various houses. And then not long after that, I was promoted again to assistant superintendent and then, i don't know maybe a year or so later if that i was promoted to customer service director and they brought me into the office because they they saw something that you know was useful and they knew i got along with the homeowners and had you know the people skills to to do that kind of work so and i spent i spent uh i think i left them in 87 went to another builder because one of the project managers that worked there went to this other builder and he wanted me to come over and start a, start a customer service division for him. So I did that for a couple years and then I left there and went to a heating and air conditioning company in Gaithersburg and became their heating and air conditioning service manager. Okay. Um, and in 1995, my brother-in-law who ran a interior trim company, which still exists, asked me to come and run his office for him so I did that for two years and then I decided in 19, late 1996, I decided that it was time to go back to school and change paths. I wanted to okay. get my education in business administration and choose a different path and that's what I did and started working at the MVA in 1997 as a contractual employee, okay. I think they hired me after two years. And worked there until 2006 when I had to retire because of the cataract on my right eye. Okay. And the issues that I was
0: having, with he, headaches I was having on a daily basis. So, I mean, when you were working, because you really you worked your way up throughout construction. So, what was it that made you want to go back to school to get your education? Did you want to get out of that to switch to something? I did. Okay. I wanted to
1: get out of the construction field and get into something else that was more stable because there were times when the Construction industry was oh, bad, gotcha. and you know there's down times, yeah. and I just
0: wanted to be in a job that was more secure. Gotcha. So, and then, how did you like the MBA? Because you were there for 10 years. Yeah,
1: right? I I I enjoyed that because I was mainly what I did is I handled insurance compliance issues, which was dealing with people that didn't have insurance, or there were questions about their insurance or their vehicles. Okay. So I was basically doing the same kind of work. I was still interacting with customers. I was still doing customer service. Yeah. So, and that's basically what I've done my entire career, even as a personal trainer. Yeah. You're still doing customer service. Yeah. Just a different, different version of it. Yes. yes you're so, still resolving yeah.
0: issues and yeah. having to think critically.
1: Yeah.
0: And then how old are you now? I am 56. 56. So now in your fifties, what made you want to become a personal trainer?
1: Well, in 2013, when I had the cataract surgery and the vision change, I thought, well, you know what? Because I, I was retired yeah. and I decided... I'm going back to school and I'm gonna become something I really wanna do and something yeah. I really enjoy. I have always, you know, like I said, I've always dealt with people and this way I actually get to see results from That's interacting yeah. with people and helping them. So
0: Yeah. So then you found, were you how many different like avenues did you look for personal training before you decide to go to actually take the courses at the college to become a personal trainer? Have you thought about self-study or it's just
1: um, no, because I just I, I looked into FCC to find out whether or not they had a program, yes. and they did. And okay. I signed up as soon as I found out wow. that it was available. Yeah. So, I mean, because you
0: did really well in that program, uh, but now that you've become a trainer, because you've actually been training people now for a year, mm-hmm. in addition to, because you were in that program for a year.
1: Yep. Yep, plus. Then, yeah, plus. Yeah.
0: So what has been the most rewarding thing about making this career change in the past two years now that you've become either you're studying to be a trainer or now being a trainer?
1: I think the, the most rewarding thing is seeing people that are motivated enough to take the initiative and the assistance that I'm giving them yeah. and apply it and see how they've changed their fitness level okay so and it's, it's it that is really rewarding because i have a couple clients that i've that train with me once a week they do workouts two or two other times during the week yeah and i've seen the change yeah i've seen the change in their abilities their strength flexibility and all that so yeah
0: uh, actually yesterday yeah. you were tra- you were training one client yesterday and rebecca and i were doing a workout together and one of your other clients came over and started grabbing weights i'm like man jim's like running the gym right now with your clients that's awesome though yeah because it because then you can act, a lot of times when you're training people and you see that you want it more than they do yeah which is tough and sometimes yeah. you know they know that they that they should work out maybe they're older and they or their doctor has told them hey you, you need to go lift weights to make sure your bone density stays up or something they come in here because they're supposed to but when you work with people and they actually work with you yeah rather than have you just be their trainer. And I think that you have – I mean, you, you've developed that with your clients is that yeah. you have – you're kind of on this journey with them. So I can see why that would be so rewarding now to actually be in this career that you love so much.
1: Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just – it and I know the next question that's coming because I'm getting ready to answer it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll wait till you
0: ask it. Yeah, well, no, you are got to just go right into it. So, what, so now, that being said, you, you like all these things about it. What are some of the challenges that you found? Like
1: well, that? the biggest challenge is, like you said, I, I want it more for them than sometimes they want it for themselves. Yes. And that's, that's the kind of discouraging part because they come in they work out once a week and that's it. Yeah. They work out with me once and they don't do it any other time. So they're really not progressing at all yeah you know it's just going through the movements yeah that, that's probably the one thing that probably bothers me more than anything else because <laughs> yeah. i just want them to, to get you better to and they, it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they just don't because well, you, like do. you know
0: because you've been <laughs> a, a runner and a cyclist for so long and obviously we talked about your work ethic before but you understand that it takes hard work to to get anywhere yeah yeah and so it's it's not it's it's not as easy sometimes uh, to handle the mental side of training as it is the, the physical side. I know a lot of people, you know, when they go to school, they think they need to learn you know, the muscle attachments and how to perform the movements. I don't think they realize that being the, the psychological trainer is, <laughs> yep. is just as hard, if not harder, than yep. the physical part yep. or being that motivator. That's true. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about those hobbies of yours um, with cycling and running. You've told me the other day you've run over 20 half marathons and marathons all combined that's correct and you just cycled how many miles in that last trip Four, you did?
1: 435 miles across the state of iowa in seven days jeez
0: and then you've done you said at least five centuries yes century rides yep. uh, and yep. then you, you i guess from what it sounded like you did the majority of the cno canal towpath too at,
1: that is correct
0: okay wow now, both directions <laughs> jeez so when did you start these endurance sports
1: well the run the running you know People, <laughs> friends that I know, they'll they'll say, "Oh, you're you're that you're that jogger." <laughs> I, I <laughs> sure. correct them. I'm like, "No, I'm not no, a jogger. I'm a runner." Yeah. I said I was a jogger until 2006. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's I started training to run. Um, it's funny because in 2006, my niece challenged my brother and I to train to run the Frederick Marathon, okay. which was in May of 2006, and we started training in January of two thousand six to get ready for that. And that was that was right well, that was ten years after I had stopped studying martial arts because I okay. wanted to go back to school. And again, I think the discipline with the martial arts helped me train to yeah. run the first marathon. And after I ran that first marathon, I about passed out when I crossed the finish <laughs> line. But I realized I like this and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do my hardest to see if I can knock my times down. Yeah, And I think my next marathon was in January of 2007 out in Phoenix, and I okay. shaved an hour and <laughs> almost 10 minutes off my time. <laughs> in ran in it, Phoenix? Yeah, and ran yeah. it in three hours and 28 minutes. Jeez. Qualified for Boston, which I ran in April of 2007, okay, and ran four consecutive Boston marathons. Wow. Um, didn't start cycling until like four years ago. Me and two of my buddies, we one of them was a pretty avid cyclist and okay. two of us didn't even have bikes so he said why don't you guys get bikes and we start riding on the weekends one day either saturday or sunday and you know see how we like it and we started doing that and upgraded from hybrid bikes to road bikes and okay. started increasing our mileage and started off doing like 50 milers once we were ready for it and then know yeah, graduated to centuries and Jeez. then just doing the uh Ride right across Iowa—it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, jeez.
0: <laughs> so, so was it? Do you think that the fact that it takes so much work and the fact that these are pretty grueling events—do you think that's one of the things that draws you to it? Do you think that it's because you like how hard the work is?
1: Yeah, okay. I think so. I think so. I, I, and I'm, I'm somebody that, you know. Tell me I can't do it. and I'm going to show you that I can, or I'm going to find out that I can't on my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah somebody okay, else just, telling me I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I, to find out for myself. Honestly, I, Jim, I,
0: I think probably that, goes, that probably goes back to your childhood. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you know yeah. it. it. It's, yeah. Yep. And from what I've seen, I mean, all the things that you've done, you, you definitely don't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now,
1: there's things I can't do. And I, I've proven it to myself that I can't do it. Would I can't would, play golf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> golf is out.
1: And I'm not a very good basketball player.
0: But <laughs> you've you you, you tried both. I have tried both. You even did our three-point competition here with yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, think that thing, I think that's because you're, you're a good sport with things, too. You're yeah. not going to not try something. No, no. Yeah. No. So what kinds of, of challenges have you faced with your vision when it comes to competing in these sports?
1: I tell you, the one thing that I found out, and I think it was in 2010, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon with 35 to 40,000 other people. Wow. And we were so packed in that you had to think about where you were running, the line you chose to run, okay. because if you tried to move left or right, you're probably going to take somebody out. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. Okay. I ended up bumping into a, a young woman who was to I think to the left of me and because I don't have any peripheral vision on my left side, yeah. you know, I we kind of banged knees and she went down. Okay. And you couldn't really st- I couldn't really stop to help her up no, because wait, there were blowing? too many people yeah. just pushing through and I don't know if she ever fin- I don't know if she finished the race or not.
0: Okay.
1: And I decided at that point if I'm running a race or I'm doing a ride, yeah. I'm picking a line and I'm staying in it unless yeah. I know for sure there's nobody around me. Okay. So that was prob- that's probably the one challenge that I've found with doing yeah. that. Not only that, I've ran a couple races, like short-distance races. I ran a 5K a few years ago, and I thought I knew the course because it was a standard Baker Park course here in okay. Frederick. Somehow or another, I made a wrong turn, and I finished before everybody else and set a new course record. Oh, no, it was, it was an 11-minute 5K. That's yeah, exactly what it was. Oh, was it? It was like 11
0: minutes.
1: I came across the line, and oh, there was nobody else around, and I'm like, that's not good.
0: You've you got, you got like Olympic team scouts there. The yeah.
1: So I realized at that point I got to make sure that, one, I know the course or make sure that there's, I, I keep somebody – in front of me, that. Oh, were you, know, you out in front? No, no, no. But there were there there weren't many people in front of me. Oh, gotcha. There were only okay. a couple really fast guys so up in front took of me, off and then and I lost see them. Him. So yeah, I just made a wrong turn. So.
0: <laughs> well, I did that in a trail a trail run. It wasn't marked very well, and it was a uh, it was a fifty k team relay. So it came to my turn, and I took off, and then I quickly realized that I. Uh, I don't think I paid attention very well in the instructions. <laughs> I get around this hill, and I don't see anybody. And so I, I can't figure out where I am. I have to run to the top of this hill, and I can see the runners. And so then I can see where the course was. Yeah. I had to get back onto it. So I, I added a nice you know, five minutes on to my 10K time at <laughs> that time. But yeah, that's tough. whenever you, when you just If you can't see who's in front of yeah. you, the course isn't marked super well. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's one of the reasons I don't run trail runs. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> can you imagine a guy with a vision problem <laughs> trying to run a trail run and trying to keep track of
0: the turns. Send the search party out yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that's what most of the interviews I do. I like to do, do a speed round. So I'll ask you a quick question. Just give me the first answer that pops okay. into your head.
1: All right.
0: Favorite exercise? Back squats and running. Back squats and running? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, least favorite exercise? Pistol squats. You can do them
1: though. Yeah, all, only with assistance. I can't do them on my own.
0: No, not even in your lifters?
1: No. Nah, I, you I, I, I can do them with the ropes, but I can't. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I can't.
0: No. Try yeah. them in your lifters next okay. time. Because I know you're okay. strong enough. And, okay. Yeah. But you might just be a range of motion. Well, today.
1: balance might be an issue. Yeah.
0: Though. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the problem. Uh, what's your a fav- favorite occasional or favorite cheap food?
1: Anything sweet.
0: Anything sweet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> healthy food that you hate. Peas. Peas? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of peas. Yeah, I don't really think they're necessary. Nobody, need, <laughs> nobody needs to eat peas. Uh, favorite sports team? Cowboys. Okay. Last place you went on vacation?
1: Ocean City, if you don't count my ride across to Iowa,
0: which I considered out of vacation. That's a bit so. of vacation. Okay, yeah. so Ocean City or yeah. Iowa. Yeah. If you were an animal, what animal would you be?
1: You know what? I thought about that for a while, and I'm like you know what, what animal would I be? And and for some reason, I kept coming. I thought about lion and tiger initially, and I thought, no, that's not really, I think I'd be a mountain goat.
0: Okay.
1: Because of of the challenges that they face and what they endure, the weather conditions that they endure, the search for food that they have difficulty finding, uh, and they're just I've seen videos of what they go through, yeah. like in the dead of winter. Yeah. It's amazing what they can do. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's the mountain that's goat. A,
0: that's a very good answer. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people think, well, what animal do I want to be? Yeah. I always think of that question as, well, what animal do I think that I am? Which yeah. for, for me or you is something under five feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <just> something short. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, now, what about a superpower? Superpower or a super ability that you would want to possess? Speed. Speed? Like the flash. Oh, like the flash? Yeah. Yeah, so whenever yeah. I... So somebody would... Uh, I asked them that question before, and they weren't sure if, if they wanted to teleport or if they want to experience the speed. So you would want to not just be in a location automatically, you would want to experience the speed of getting there. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have that, that fast 5K time. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, a little, a little more serious. What advice do you have for the young Jim Sally? And I guess people of any age who face their own unique challenges, um, but specific, if you were to speak to the young Jim Sally, uh, what would you say to him about working through his difficult situations and following his passions?
1: I tell you, the first thing I would tell him is don't wait till you're 37 to go to school.
0: Okay.
1: I When I got out of high school, because of all the harassment I took because of my eyes, yeah. I said, I am not going to school and deal with it for another Those two or four years. Four years, yeah. So I put it off, and that's one thing I would tell him. i say, do it Do it when you're 18, 19 years old. would have been far better off. Okay. Now, it may not have been as easy as yeah. when I was 37 yeah. because you gain that life knowledge and experience, and yeah. college when I went at 37 seemed to be fairly easy all the way through my bachelor's, okay. so... Um, the other thing I would tell them is, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it unless you prove to yourself you can't.
0: Yeah That's yeah. awesome.
1: So, Those would be the two pieces of advice.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I mean that's, that's useful advice for anybody of any age with any level of ability in anything. Yeah. It's just you can't, you can't take no for an answer and you, if you don't do something, you never know what could have happened had you not done it. Yep. So, I, mean, I think plenty of people. Because you had, I mean, you were successful in the construction industry, yeah. and you were successful at the MBA. I know that you needed needed to take that time off whenever you retired. Um, but you know, for most people, switching gears and becoming a personal trainer at age fifty, a lot of people would probably go ahead and say to themselves, "I can't do that." And that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they probably would. Did you ever have any any doubts going into that? Um Or did you just know no, that just, no? Because I knew mind? I
1: knew that my one of my passions throughout my entire life I mean I've never been uh, up until 2006 when I really started running even prior to that I always I always did something I mean I jogged okay. regularly I worked out when I could so I mean it was always other than during the time I went to school
0: yeah
1: from third from age 37 to 41
0: yeah
1: it was it was a little more difficult because working full-time and going to school you know three or yeah. four nights a week, I put on a lot of weight. I put on 20 pounds, and oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I had once I got through school and got back into working out again. I dropped back down to my normal weight, and okay. you know, I, I I I knew that I could be a personal trainer because of, especially after the cataract surgery. Yeah. After I had that done, I don't think before that
0: I could have done it. Okay.
1: I think it would have been too difficult. Yeah.
0: So after that, I just went just went straight in for. It. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for sharing all of this. I'm sure that you know this is inspiring and motivating to a lot of people. So I'm glad we had this time to sit down, and um, just want to let you know I, I honestly don't take anything that you do here for granted, because you do work, you know, ten times as hard as anybody else to to do the work so excellently that you do. So um, hopefully, everybody who hears this enjoys hearing as much as we enjoy having you here yeah. with I, us. So I appreciate
1: thank you. you asking me for the interview.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Jim's story as much as I did and as much as I enjoy working with him on a daily basis. And if you would like to work with Jim, with him being your personal trainer, I would love to set that up for you. You can just contact me through any of the social media outlets that I use using the handle at Straight Shot Training. So Facebook, Instagram, however you want to get a hold of me. You can even use our website, www.straightshottraining.com. And I'd love to set up a session with you and Jim. If you would like more details on Straight Shot Training's subscription-based workout service, you can also head over to our website, again, straightshottraining.com, and all the details are right there for you. Thank you so much again for listening. I really appreciate it. If you have a second on iTunes to leave us a rating, that would be incredible. Have a great week, everybody.